Parent Show, sponsored by Raiden Solicitors, award-winning specialist family lawyers. See RaidenSolicitors.co.uk. Hello and a very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Khoury and tonight's show, I'm really delighted to welcome Claire Wood from Raiden Solicitors, an award-winning specialist family law firm here in St. Albans. Now, we're going to speak to Claire about divorce and also about co-parenting. They're tough, sensitive, but like really important issues that we need to discuss. And we plan to discuss it very honestly with Claire. So hi, Claire. How are you doing? Hi, Lydia. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So, Claire, you're um, a solicitor with Raiden Solicitors here in St. Albans. That's right. Great. And we wanted to talk to you tonight about two very sensitive topics. We've got divorce and co-parenting. So let's let's start off with um, the harder one, I think, probably. So divorce. And we're coming up to one of the most exciting but stressful times of the year, Christmas. So can you talk to us about how this time of the year can impact on couples who are maybe already in trouble? And what should they watch out for? What are the flashpoints at this time of the year? Yeah, so I do think there can be a lot of pressure on couples um, over Christmas due to the expectations that Christmas is such a happy family time. There's that need to see different family members and to make sure everyone has a great time. And I think those different expectations of a family Christmas and bringing together kind of traditions from both sides of the family can really add to those strains. I think the added stresses of this year is is that decision about who are we going to bubble with. Um, I can see that creating tensions and arguments. I think there's couples this year who sadly are going to be seeing financial pressures, of course, as a result of the um, events of this year, which can add to the stress and often do have um, an impact on, on relationship breakdown. Indeed. It, I mean, there's so many extra factors in 2020 that it's making a, a difficult situation even even more difficult. And you're absolutely right. I can already hear people, you know, planning their bubbles for Christmas and, and the, the complications that are going to go along with that. So let me let me dial down on that. So if there are parents listening who feel that separation is possible or maybe even inevitable, can I ask you, at what point is it time to have a conversation with your law firm? Yeah, so it's a really significant step, I think, to talk to a divorce lawyer. I don't underestimate that at all. My um, really close friend who was divorced explained to me um, some years later, actually, that the first meeting for her, that first step uh, to speak to a lawyer was such a milestone for her. Um, And the emotions of one admitting to a third party that there's difficulties in the marriage and two doing something proactively about that were really, really huge for her. Um, And I don't uh, underestimate that. She said she sat there in that first meeting feeling that she shouldn't be there and asking why it had happened to her. Um, And there's, there's a lot of strength that it takes to reach out to a lawyer in the early days of separation. But for me, the purpose is not to set in train a process that goes down um, one route that you just don't want. But it's more about giving you the knowledge and the understanding so that you can make decisions and and take steps dependent on 
the correct facts and the correct understanding of the law rather than something someone's told you down the pub about you know what divorce law is and what the outcome will be so for me it's about informing and educating yourself at an early at the earliest stage it doesn't have to be i've gone to see a, a lawyer i now have to divorce that's that's simply not the the case um it's just about gathering that information that's really reassuring, I'm sure, for, for people out there who mightn't take that first step because they think it will take them on a track that they can't go back on. So it's about educating, informing yourself. It's kind of like for, forewarned is forearmed. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very client led. You know, a good lawyer is always going to signpost a client to make sure they're getting support, not only from a lawyer and and not necessarily from a lawyer at all, but from others, including, you know, going to individual counselling or therapy or even marriage counselling if reconciliation is a possibility. So it's not just see a divorce lawyer end up getting divorced. Great. Thanks for that clarification, Claire. And now another very sensitive subject, because I can imagine the first step getting into the chair is a problem. The next step is confidentiality. So I suppose couples weren't worried that just by going in there will suddenly everybody know about their situation. So how important is confidentiality? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely crucial. Um, for us, confidentiality and, and making sure someone knows they have a, spa- a safe space to talk, um, that's absolutely crucial. Um, as lawyers, of course, we're bound by duties of confidentiality. Um, the client has to have a- absolute confidence to be able to say what they need to and what they want to to their lawyer. And also, it's important that they give full details, full information um, at that first meeting to make sure the advice is tailored and and, and is appropriate for, for that person's situation. So I would say um, you can feel very assured that um, that, that solicitors at Raidens, that family lawyers generally, um, are going to keep your, your personal information confidential. Great. Thanks, Claire. And what about the pandemic? I mean, is, is divorce possible? Is it proceeding as usual differently? We'd love to know how it's affecting the process. Yeah, it's not business as usual. Um, there have been some some changes that we've all had to get used to. I would say there's some positive um, outcomes on that and some some negatives. Um, we've got so on, on the negative side, we've seen quite a delay in getting applications um, issued and heard. So urgent financial applications or, or applications in relation to children, uh, they are taking more time to come on and to get on before the courts because of the backlog. Um, one positive or potentially positive is that hearings are now remote. So or usually, depending on the circumstances that they're, they're going to be remote. So you've got telephone or video hearings, which means that people are not having to travel to court. They're, they're doing their hearings from their home or from the, the, the solicitor's office. So that there are positives, I think, um, coming out of that. Uh, we've also got the divorce portal that's up and running so people can issue a divorce petition online as a litigant in person. So that's positive. It can save costs, which is always a yeah. good thing. I think there are different challenges that have been caused by the pandemic um, for family law, but we've adapted quite well as a profession and cases are now being heard and are being resolved. And we also obviously have have an option of of going down a private route where you have um, arbitration. Um, so you can appoint an arbitrator on a private basis um, and have the case heard and determined by an arbitrator. 
Um, and, and that the use of that process has really increased during lockdown. It's a, a very positive process and, and lots of, of clients are making use of it. Um, of course, we've also got mediation. Mediators are busy. That's really great. They offer um, remote services, so remote mediations, which is helping couples to resolve their issues with 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 less lawyer involvement, um, which is is really positive. Fantastic, thanks, Claire. And if you were guiding someone before they come into the office, uh, come into the law firm, what would you say are the most important things to have straight in your in your mind if you think? separation is is inevitable yeah so we always ask clients to send through to us um, a pricey of their situation before they come in so a timeline giving giving us the the basic background and then some more details about their finances about their children any particular issues with their children what schools they're at how they're doing and what their personalities are like so just as much background about your family um, as possible and in particular, if we're looking at divorce, we look at the finances in some detail. So as much information as you can give us um, about, about the financial position. Um, but I'd say the knowledge is key, as I've said before. You've got to get um, you've got to gather as much knowledge as you can in that initial meeting. So you know the legal process and you can understand a little bit about how that can be resolved. And then it's it's thinking about the practicalities of separation, um, the children, what they need, what schools they're going to, where you're going to be living, all of those practical things um, to talk through with with the lawyer. I always say to clients, think about the personality of the other side as well um, and how they're going to react to certain things. So it's not just a case of looking at, at one person in, in the couple, but thinking about both and how one might react to one particular thing you do. Um, and, and it makes sense, send something completely down the wrong route just because of one, you know, one step that's been taken. So thinking quite holistically about the family and, and how uh, we're going to move to the separation. But that kind of preparation must save a lot of time in in the first you know, a few meetings and weeks to kind of order your thoughts and think kind of constructively, it sounds like, about about the situation. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's absolutely right. Great. Um, Claire, I know this is a tricky question, but how long does a divorce take? Just a rough ballpark. I know you can't say exactly. Yeah, it really depends, um, depending on the process that's needed to resolve any issues. So if a couple have managed to work it out for themselves and they um, just come to me and say, Claire, we've, we've, we've agreed everything or there's a few bits to resolve, but most of it we've agreed. Um, can you just document that legally? Um, then, uh, you know, it's going to take a, a few months, I'd say three to six months, depending on the court backlog at that time. Um, but if circumstances are more complex, um, if there's um, if we need to do a process of financial disclosure um, and there are um, issues and arguments between the couple about how to divide up the finances, it could take much, much longer. And, you know, we regularly see cases taking at least 12 months to resolve, perhaps more. If, if there are significant issues between the parties that need to be resolved. I would say, again, arbitration is generally faster than a court process. Um, so that really is a good option to resolve any issues more quickly and, and you know, enables the parties to move on um, more quickly and to move into their, their new lives as a separated couple. 
So so we often talk about that in a first meeting with a client and um, that there are all these different ways of resolving and, and different options available depending on your circumstances. Great. That's a that's a huge help, Claire. So if if I can say it in my words, would it be the less you get kind of down into details, particularly around finance, the the, the quicker it will be. So the the more you can not get can kind of stuck into detail, the better. Actually, I'd say the more you can agree, the better, because okay. it's important that both parties know um, what the assets are. It's important that the court knows that. So we need to know um, what the overall resources of the parties are. But it's more about being able to agree on principles, being agree able to agree on outcome, agreeing what happens with the children, for example, and how um, their, their care is going to be shared uh, the arrangements for them, um, and then agreeing on um, the, the financial division. I mean, I would say the more complex that a, a couple's financial circumstances are, the more likely is, it is that they're going to be needing some help, some, you know, not necessarily a court making a decision, but um, some guidance from from lawyers, some ongoing guidance. But the more a couple are able to agree themselves, the better for, for, for all involved. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Claire. So you you touched on it there just a little bit. And I think it is a subject that that is um, at the centre of any divorce cost. So it is a factor. And what would you say to anyone listening about the costs related to divorce? Yeah, it it absolutely is a factor. Um, And um, I would say it can depend. How long is a piece of string? You know, if a couple um, are able to agree everything around the table and agree it between them, it's going to cost, um, it's not going to be huge cost. You're just asking lawyers to implement the agreement. But, uh, you know, there are some couples who very sadly can't even agree on the price of a of a bottle of milk. And in those cases, that's where, you know, costs are incurred. Um, and it may be necessary that those costs are incurred to to, to, to go through a process of disclosure if somebody's not being open and honest about their finances or if somebody is being completely unrealistic and unreasonable about the the, the right outcome. Um, so it, it really does depend. Um, we offer clients a first meeting at a fixed fee. That's um, a, a good option. Uh, um, it, it gives the client um, a good understanding of the process, of the outcome and the ways to resolve. And so in, in many cases, I've had a first meeting given the client a lot of information and and they're then able to move on and have the negotiations directly with husband or wife to enable them to to reach that agreement themselves. I I would say um, mediation is also a good option for keeping costs down. So to go to to a third party mediator who can facilitate discussions about the arrangements for the children or the arrangements to divide up finances And that's great for lots of cases and and helps to keep costs down. It isn't always appropriate. So mediation, for example, is not going to be appropriate if there's a significant power imbalance between the two. There are issues of domestic abuse. But um, in lots of cases, mediation is is a good way to, to resolve the differences. That's incredibly helpful. Thanks, Claire. And we've touched on it a couple of times, actually, during the interview about negativity and getting stuck in terms of negativity between couples. Do you have any advice about how to avoid that happening, avoid getting kind of bogged down in in the whole negativity of the situation? 
Yeah, it's a hard one because um, there is so there's so much emotion attaching to the breakdown of a relationship, and and it's it's there's often negativity. Sadly, it's just the reality of life. But I I would say um, I recommend counselling to everyone to help them to see the views of the other party, even if you don't agree with those views. Yeah. Each party to a relationship breakdown is going to be coming to it with their own fears, their own anxieties. And if I think you can start to understand what what is going to push the wrong buttons with the other party, then that's really going to help to remove some of that negativity. Fantastic. Claire, thanks so much for giving us such a comprehensive and honest overview of divorce. And now I'd I'd like to move on to a very relevant aspect to it, and that is co-parenting. So anecdotally, you know, we hear some parents stay together because they don't want to get into the complication of co-parenting. Can it actually be simple sometimes? Yes, it can be done successfully. Um, I think it starts with an acceptance that both parents have a role to play, bring different but equally important things to their children. Um, And I've got many clients who've agreed very sensible co-parenting arrangements for their children. And the kids are used to having their two homes. Um, There are always going to be challenges. There's always going to be disagreements. Um, But there are sensible ways to resolve those those disputes, those aspects, uh, and really to focus on the children's best interests um, and, and the children as their absolute priority. Great. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen some great best practice along the way, um, Claire. So what yeah. would you say is, is our good approaches towards managing co-parenting in general? Yeah. So I think a lot is about communication. OK. Necessarily mean you're speaking to the other parent all the time. Um, you can set up perhaps a separate email address to use to have the communication specifically about the children, their arrangements, um, or a shared electronic diary. Some parents um, make use of a parenting app, for example. I, I think I think just making sure that the, the methods of communication are working for, for both of you. I would say a top tip is to keep grown-up talk out of the earshot of the children. And it's so easy to say. But yeah. in, in practice, it's really hard. Try not to criticise the other parent in, in their earshot. You know, say whatever you need to behind closed doors. But in front of the children, uh, you know, try to avoid that sort of negative language. I think also, uh, you know, you, you can't necessarily do it all, all on your own. So accept that you might need support from a third party. Um, and this is where mediation again can come in or perhaps family therapy They're both useful mechanisms and and processes for trying to agree parenting principles, you know, having the same rules and boundaries in place in respect of, of various various things. So that's also something to think about. Thanks, Claire. And we mentioned it before, Christmas is coming up and it's yeah. a particularly complicated Christmas with the bubbles and everything. It's it's a flashpoint anyway, and particularly for co- co-parenting. Can you talk us through it and can you give us a little bit of advice about what should be avoided and what the best practice that you've seen is? Yeah, so just a, a few things that have come up in, in practice there's there's lots of important school dates at this time of year you've got the last day of term there's usually a christmas play or nativity maybe not this year but usually and and school lunches and things like that so make sure both of you have the information as early as possible you know use that contact diary or the the, the email address to say 
just to make sure you're aware that this is happening on the, the 18th of December. Hope, hope it's in your diary. So there's communication about that and you, you're all on the same page knowing what the important dates are. I think it's important to discuss and agree the arrangements well in advance, as far in advance as you can, so that you both know what's happening. And crucially, the children know what's happening. So that they know I'm with mummy on those days, I'm with daddy on those days, and, and, and everyone knows where they stand. Um, I would say consider recording those agreed dates in writing. Um, there's then less chance for a misunderstanding. You know, if you had a, a conversation over a cup of tea and somebody misheard the dates, you know, it, it just makes sure everybody everybody is working um, on the same basis and there's no misunderstanding there. Lovely, lovely and constructive. Thanks, yeah. Claire. Uh, and Christmas Day, I would say it's um, it is always the flashpoint. Um, it's such an important day for, for everybody. Um, generally, it's alternated, but some do manage to share the day. Um, and we see that where, you know, they wake up in one house and then there's a changeover in the middle of the day. Just work out what works for, for you both and also what's good for the child. You know, what works for your child? I, I've regularly seen an alternating arrangement where you've got Christmas Day and Boxing Day with one parent and perhaps New Year's Eve and, and New Year's Day with the other parent. That can that can happen and then change annually. Um, I would also say think about um, video calls, telephone calls. We're all used to using Zoom now. Yeah. Perhaps you could facilitate a call to the other parent on Christmas Day. And that's going to help the ongoing relationship if you're if you're thinking about doing things like that. Um, I've also seen difficulties over present buying. You know, this happened, this crops up quite a lot. Don't make it a competition. <laughs> Have a chat about it and 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 see what what you're each buying the child so that it's not, you know, huge present from one and, and modest present from another. Some separated parents manage to buy gifts from the children to the other parent, which I just think is incredible. It's so positive. And, and so good for that ongoing relationship. If you can manage to do that, then that's a, a positive thing. Fantastic. So, Claire, lots of useful um, tips for parents out there who are who are thinking, who are co-parenting, who are living it and also uh, around divorce. I think it's so you've been so honest, so helpful and, and really shared your expertise. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been really, really good to speak to you and to um, uh, to talk about these things. Thanks a million. So that's Claire Wood from Raiden Solicitors Family Law Firm here in St. Albans. Thanks, Claire. A warm welcome to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia L. Corey. And on the show this evening, I'm really pleased to have Denise Parsons, who is bid manager in St. Albans. How are you doing, Denise? I'm good. Thank you, Lydia. Uh, lovely to talk to you again. Haven't spoken to you for it so did. long. <laughs> no, I think I think the last time I saw you was at the Christmas lights. Oh, last well, last year. year. Oh, crikey. What yeah. a year we've had then. <laughs> I know. I know. Let's, let's just hope there's never another one like oh, it and, so, yeah. and let's move on so for our listeners out there who, do, who maybe don't know what bid is will you explain it Denise yeah basically uh, St Albans bid is the business improvement district and it's basically city centre management um, there is a compulsory levy on all the businesses within the city centre and that money is used to reinvest into the town so the bid are responsible for things like tourism you know street events street scene Christmas lights and various other things that go on 
in the town and it's kind of like an additive service on top of what the district council provide as a baseline if you like but it, the important thing it's to bring footfall to the town and it's all funded by the uh, hard-working city centre businesses. That's brilliant. It's such a great initiative. And I have to say, like through the radio station, I've got to know about it. But I, I, I think probably the average St. Albanian probably doesn't know about it. So it's a, it's a brilliant initiative. So um, this time of year, would you say a little bit busy for you, Ooh, Denise? Just maybe? a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is our busiest time of year. Obviously, Christmas um, is big, you know, everywhere, I'm sure. But St Albans definitely likes to make a big splash at Christmas. You know, it's important to the businesses because it brings footfall, but it's also important to them because they're highly invested in how our city centre looks. So the fact that, you know, our city centre looks very pretty at Christmas is really important to them. And obviously it gives back to the community as well because they get to enjoy everything that's uh, out there at the moment. So what we're seeing up in town at the moment uh, is that bid, yeah, you know, the yeah, lovely, absolutely. Oh, right, the clock, <laughs> the, the chair, the, the carriage. Yeah, I all mean, those. We've, we've, you know, I mean, um, we have actually got more animated pieces in town than we had last year, just a couple of extra pieces. They were so popular last year, um, so many lasting memories and, you know, photo opportunities um, that, you know, even in this, you know, difficult time, uh, we wanted to be able to cheer our residents and our businesses up. So, yeah, so you've got all the carriage outside the museum. We've got a reindeer on Ladbrook's roof. We've got gingerbread men, presents, cone trees, all sorts of things all around the town centre. And they're all there for people to take, you know, selfies or have a sit sit on or, you know, just smile as they walk past, really. And, of course, all the twinkly lights on the lampposts and crosswires going across St. Peter's Street. I think, you know, St. Albans has really done us proud, you know, this year. I think, you know, it's been a tough year for everyone for lots and lots of reasons. And, um, you know, to have, um, you know, that kind of feel-good moment, I think, you know, I think it's really important. Oh, you're you're absolutely right, and I have to say, I think the clock is a new one this year. I really yes, like yeah, that yeah. cute little alarm. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a lovely initiative. So, yeah, tell us what's going on for parents over Christmas. Yes. You must. I mean, it's it must be different, but it's still action packed. Yeah, it's still very much action packed. Obviously, we couldn't have the big uh, Christmas switch on that we would normally expect. We just couldn't have that kind of many people in town, obviously, at the moment. So the lights have gone on without much fanfare, to be honest. But um, in addition to that, we have got got a lot of things been reinvented virtually so the enjoy st albans website is the main st albans website usually more used more for tourism but it's been repurposed for a much more local feel at the moment because we know that a lot of our visitors are, are either very local or certainly within an hour's drive away or you know half an hour on the train or bus or whatever so we've repurposed it to kind of take that into effect and anything that um you would have expected to see in the normal kind of Christmas cracker event. So live music, you know, artisan uh, products, demonstrations, all that kind of thing has been reinvented online. So if you go to the Enjoy St Albans homepage, you will be able to click on Christmas and it will take you to a load of content. And that content is being added to uh, all the time. So there will be new content added right through until the end of the year. So it's stuff that people can go back to at any time. 
Um, and then there are still a few things that we can do in person, luckily. So we've got, uh, we've been working with the cathedral and St. Peter's Church on a live nativity trail, um, which will be happening on the 19th of December, all being well. It's something we're working on at the moment, but um, hoping it's all going to go ahead okay. And that will involve, you know, people dressed up as nativity characters, dotted around the town centre. Kids get a little map and you go and get it stamped go back to the cathedral at the end and you'll get a free gift and entered into a prize draw to win a uh, St Albans gift card. So that's, that's a nice little thing for people to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. And I'm on the Enjoy St Albans website. It's great. It's just bustling with loads of loads of information about what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in addition to that, um, We've obviously got a lot of things that are aimed around shopping, you know, uh, and obviously kids get to come along shopping with their parents, whether they want to or not. But um, we're hoping that there will be a fun festive vibe in town. Lots of extra markets. There's markets going on pretty much from now right through to Christmas Eve. Uh, the Christmas Charter Market is definitely coming back in the two weeks leading up to Christmas. And the bid does extra markets on top of that as well. Um, where will where could we expect them to be, Denise? Right. So the bid markets tend to be um, kind of the marketplace area of town. So kind of from um, the back of the museum, if you like, down to the clock tower and into High Street and George Street. And of course, the Christmas Charter Market will be in the main market area, but with the bid adding on to make it an even more exciting experience than it's been before so um yeah because markets are just a very safe way of trading at the moment yeah. so markets are very popular up and down the country and certainly very popular in st albans um uh so it's just um it's just a way of helping people get back on their feet you know at the moment the more Absolutely. we can trade outside you know the better really yeah um yeah so and the other thing we've got which i think is uh i'm personally very very excited about is that you can write a letter to santa and post it in one of our little post boxes which are basically proper replica post boxes but about two-thirds of the size um and they're dotted all around the town and of course you're aware of the christmas topper um scheme that um charity initiative that starts today i'm sure um and we managed to get them to do us a couple of extra toppers for our little Santa's post box so that we could tie it in. Oh, and they are just so cute. They've got, oh, you know, I love them. you know, toppers. They've got elves on. We've got Naughty and Nice, so the name of our two elves. And, um, you know, you can post your letter to Santa. Please do remember to put uh, mum and dad's email on it so that uh, Santa and his elves can respond. And they're out, you know, at various places around the city centre so in the high street george street auburn arena and then we've got one at the quadrant outside eyes on st albans and one outside fleetville larder in fleetville so we're hoping that most of those people will go by those areas you know we'll see them and you know the kids can get involved and write a letter to santa fantastic yeah oh that's a lovely initiative and and yeah, so that's plenty yeah, to keep kids it is, going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, plenty to do. And hopefully, you know, it's been a tough year for everyone. As I say, the business is very much wanted to welcome everyone, you know, especially as, you know, we've got retail reopening and hospitality reopening, you know, just welcome everyone back to the city centre. Obviously, we want everyone to shop safely. So, you know, remember your masks, remember your hands, face and space. 
and you know hopefully we can get through this and have have a decent Christmas. That sounds that sounds lovely. So, and are there extra food areas out as well, Denise? Well, if I you think feel main, like yeah, town? there's a lot of street food, but it's mainly being incorporated into the markets. To be honest, so you know we've got um, you know lots of extra street food traders, lots of cakes and uh, you know uh, brownie stalls and um, all sorts of you know nice festive food going around as well. And hopefully from tomorrow, then restaurants and pubs are going to open up again. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some restrictions, you know, we're in tier two and, you know, there are there have to, has to be a meal with alcohol, things like that. But yes, at least they can um, open. I think, you know, it's it's been really tough really tough for everyone absolutely absolutely we just yeah hopefully this time 12 months you know it'll be all a very very yeah I mean I think this is you know really you know it's really struck me actually recently that this is really going to go down in history isn't it it's um you know I mean I've uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the you know there's a lot of photographers especially a couple of local photographers been doing pandemic kind of projects with photography and I think it's you know Whilst, you know, quite often we'll look at old pictures of St Albans from the point of view of looking at markets and what the shops look like. I think in years to come, everyone's going to be looking back to see what the pandemic was like in St Albans. So it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It is. Yeah. indeed. But anyway, and, Christmas yeah. is happening. Christmas is, is not cancelled. <laughs> That's wonderful. And it must have been. I mean, you must be. How have you planned for this? Because you've literally probably had to rip up seven versions of yeah, what you're doing now. it's been now. tough. It's been tough. I mean, there's because not only um, have you got to change your original plans, obviously we start planning for Christmas in June or July. Um, so t- by the time we get to Christmas, I am a bit Christmas stout. But, um, but yes, everything's had to change, been reinvented. Now we've had a bit of a lead into it because obviously our other big events like the Auburn... Uh, street festival and the pilgrimage and the food and drink festival they all had to be done differently this year so um you know the community engagement team at the district council have been the ones leading on all the virtual activities so um you know we've had a had a, a couple of goes at it with other events so we kind of knew what to do if if you know what i mean uh, but it is a different way and you know Lots of people, you know, are happy to engage online, but you've still got some people that are obviously a bit more answer tech friendly or not interested in online activities. They want to be doing real things. Well, unfortunately, you know, real events at the moment are much, much harder. So, but I think, you know, we've we've done our best and I think we're, we've really um, got, you know, a lot more going on in St Albans than a lot of other towns. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I think I- that's important. Yeah. You, you've, I mean, you've managed to strike a great balance between a little bit of real life and a little bit of online. Yes, so, yeah. you know, that it, was the plan. it comes as yeah. close to normal as, as we can have. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just want everyone, you know, to have uh, a fantastic time. And, you know, fingers crossed that, you know, things will start to uh, improve and, you know, get back to a more normal kind of thing, you know, next year. But, um, We'll just have to watch the space, won't we? 
Exactly, exactly. Denise, well, thanks a million for joining us on The Parents Show and best luck with the next few weeks. You're probably not going to get a huge amount of sleep, I'd say. Uh, I've actually got no days off until Christmas Day from this point oh onwards. So, yeah, wish me luck. <laughs> well, if, if <laughs> I do wish you luck and I wish you all the best. Thank and you. it's the first, of de- it's beginning of December now, so I can actually say happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, yeah, indeed. And happy Christmas to everyone at Radio Verulam. I know it's been a tough year for you guys as well. You've had to come up with innovative ways of kind of doing your shows and what have you. So well done to everyone um, at Radio Verulam as well. Thanks a million. Thanks a million, Denise. So that's Denise Parsons, uh, the bid manager um, in St. Albans. Thanks, Denise. Thank you. A very warm welcome to the Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcorey and I'm really delighted to have a special guest with us this evening, Susie Moody, who's the Strategic Manager at Homestart Hertfordshire, a local charity that uh, I think everybody has been touched by or helped by it to a greater or lesser extent. So Susie, you're very welcome. How are you doing this evening? Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Busy day, but a very good day today. So um, I will be sharing that, obviously, when we have a chat. Fantastic. That's great. So Susie, tell us, tell us, how is Homestart Hertfordshire? What are you up to this month? Oh, we are actually really excited to be doing some Christmas stuff. Um, we've done a lot of grant applications and stuff to sustain us and keep the support going for the families. Um, and it's been hard work. And we now actually have a couple of things which are about the fundraising and the fun side of what we do as well. So that's really, really good. So there's there's two things really that are on our radar. The first is the Big Give, which um, I'm sure many people have seen. And it basically is a campaign where we get donations within a specified week to go into a specified donation platform. Um, And all those donations up to £8,000 will be doubled. So the campaign actually launched today at 12 o'clock. Um, yeah, and, and we, so, and okay, and we are over halfway <laughs> with our sixteen thousand pound target already, which is just—I mean, I am just blown away by the generosity, the engagement, the support. It's like I—I I can't even say how it feels. It's amazing, and you know, we're looking at what eight hours. It's just—it is just mind blowing. So. It's going to be a really good, you know, really good outcome for us. As I say, our target's 16,000, which is a huge target. And when we set it and started doing the planning back in August, we just thought we've never made 16,000 from a single event. Um, so, yeah, it, it's exceeded every hope, wish, expectation that, that we had. And we're only on day one. We've got another six days. So I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> stress and the anticipation oh it's it's just amazing it's just amazing so well listen I'm so happy to hear that Susie because obviously I had my eye I could see the big give was coming up and I was I was really hoping but that's what a start seriously that that's really fantastic and you know particularly this time of the year and particularly this year of all years you know to know that people are digging deep and helping out such a such a worthwhile charity as home start Hertfordshire it's great news it really yeah, is it kind of puts things in perspective and I think all the you know all the difficulties the struggles the frustrations the 
you know, sort of health, everything that's come along with COVID, it's like this is just, you know, we've got to hold on to things like this because they do really show what community is all about. And yeah, there's, you know, we've heard stories of people not perhaps being the best behaved or doing the best thing or, you know, but majority community is is everything and it, it really does sort of put a positive onto what's a pretty sort of not nice situation at the minute absolutely so it's going to go on for seven days yes and and hopefully fingers crossed you'll get you'll get your donations doubled and that's not the only thing you're doing this month (laughs) sorry actually back to the big give so how can people find out about it that's the most important you're getting excited and running ahead as well (laughs) Um, so you can go to our website uh which is www home-startharts.org.uk and you'll get a pop-up on the screen straight away click the link and you've got a donate page there and as I say whatever you donate will be doubled still at the moment once we reach our sort of 16,000 anything beyond that isn't doubled but we've still got a little way to go so um, it, it just makes you know it's one donation makes twice the difference to a family so it's very simple to donate by all means get in touch with us via our website or um in whatever way and we can help you do that if you need it but it's really straightforward it's just one donate button onto the platform nice and easy and of course you're on all the social media platforms you've got a nice following on facebook there and we'll share the link on the parents show facebook page as well so fingers crossed Susie, that goes well and now tell us about the other thing because I, i guess you just don't want a christmas shop or something you just want to keep yourself busy in the lead up yes it's it's doing fun things things are exciting things that involve other people as well which is lovely so we've got an event that's planned it's it's a bit complicated to explain but it is a virtual event but you have as close close to what's possible of sort of real interaction with people it's not like zoom where you've got all the squares on the on the screen you you can move yourself on the platform to go and sit with a choice any number of people that you choose to go with um so basically it's a cabaret christmas wonderland um event it's online and throughout the event so once you've registered and you're onto the platform um you can go you can visit you click yourself pick yourself up and move yourself to a different room um and you can visit cabaret tent we've got five shows um throughout the evening um we have a comedian a magician we just we're still working on the magician a little bit so hopefully he's he's going to be around and not disappeared Brilliant. as they do um, <laughs> um and we've got a ventriloquist and we've got two local singers um so we've got a really really good lineup we've got a few celebs that are going to do a little promo for us as well so that's really exciting so the event is going to be it's ticketed it's a fundraiser for us of course and it's 20 pounds for a ticket but that includes your whole sort of night of entertainment we are we've had a fantastic sponsor um who are bespoke the bespoke flooring company in George Street. Um, so they sponsored us. So we've managed to be able to get um, goodie bags out to all of our guests. Fantastic. And what what's in the goodie bags? Or is that oh, a big secret? Oh, I think we're going to keep that one quiet because that's the excitement. If anyone's <laughs> like me, that's the excitement of it, not knowing what's in it. Um, but so it's, it's on the 17th of December. Um, so it's not long away, is it? And um, it's from 8 till 10. So we're inviting everybody and anybody. It's adults only because there's some humour, which might be a little bit of an adult humour. But we have obviously have sort of um, given instructions that it needs to be okay and appropriate as a children's charity. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic night. And as I say, you'll actually get to sort of sit with two or four people that you can just talk to virtually um, and have a proper conversation and some proper interaction, as well as some activities that are, are available once you're onto the site as well. 
Fantastic. Can you choose who you get to be sat with or is yeah. it random? No, you, you can move yourself around the room. You can see who's on each table. Everybody has a little tag that hovers over them to see who they are. So you can just pick yourself up, double click yourself to another table with people that you see that are there. And and it's it's brilliant. It's really, really clever. Um, and we're actually doing it in conjunction with Buzzing Media, who are, um, they run a lot of business buzz networks, um, networking groups across the country now. Um, so Simon George, who who runs that, is a tech wizard. So it, it's all down to him, actually, that we can do this in the first place because he's the clever one that makes it all happen. And I just come up with the ideas of all the crazy things we want to add to the platform. Brilliant. <laughs> That's such a lovely idea. You know, um, and, you know, I, I kind of love the idea of the mix of different types of entertainment as well. And £20, it, you know, it's it's not going to break the bank. So no. what, a, what a brilliant idea. Yes, I hope it's going to work. It's a, it's a new one for us. Everything at the moment really is a bit of a, you know, put your toe in and see what happens. But we want to make it work, obviously, because it's great for fundraising. It's also a bit of us getting out there and our profile again, which we haven't been able to do an awful lot of. And I think for people, it'd be just a really nice social, fun, you know, sort of let your hair down evening. And companies as well, we're looking at sort of where companies might want to do it as their sort of team party or office party because um, it, will, it will work for that too which we're all missing those aren't we <laughs> absolutely yeah uh, the, that's the very least of it but a um, lovely idea Susie so again can we get information about that on your your website it is on our website yes on the home page down Great. the bottom in one of the squares brilliant <laughs> so just just mention the website again in case anybody didn't have a pen to hand the first time you said it yeah it's www.home-starthearts.org.uk Great stuff. Listen, Susie, we wish you only the very best for these two and for the rest of 2020 and certainly for 2021 Thank uh, you. going forward. And we're looking forward to talking to you again about all the successes. Thank that you're you. It's, it's great to have the radio station support for us as well, which they, you, is, you always have been supportive of us. So it's great to have that. Again, it's, it just all makes that difference, doesn't it? So thank you. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So that's Susie Moody, Strategic Manager for Homestart Hertfordshire. Have a lovely evening, Susie. Thank you.